mai ki tēnei hōtaka. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Wallace Chapman here. Now today, the promise of free dental care for all. The Greens want universal dental care, so go and get a filling at any age in the way you might say, go to the hospital and get a broken arm seen to. Do you support free dental care or do you not? Also, a $45 billion transport announcement by the government that on the panel. And it's Rail Safety Week this week and a significant increase in collisions and near misses. Why? Also on the today's panel, complaints about the Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer movie that people cannot hear what the actors are saying. As a common refrain, what is it with the mumbling on films and TV series these days. We have acclaimed actor Cameron Rose to guide us through that. And this caused a bit of a stir on social media. National leader Chris Luxon plays hallway cricket in Parliament. Totally disrespectful or a rite of passage playing hallway cricket. What do you think? And the song whisperer today, we give you the lyrics and you give us the song. Here they are. Because in my dreams, it's always there, the evil face that twists my mind and brings me to despair. What's the song? Text me, 2101. Email the panel at rnz.co.nz. With me this afternoon, Jenny Giblin, Director of Funding HQ in Hawke's Bay Farmer. Jenny, kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace. And Andrew Clay, football coach, MC comedian, and other things as well. <laughs> like, we don't talk about other things, no, so no. It's but that kind of for show. that, good to have you on. I'm good to be here, boss. Yeah. Now, first up, last mm. week, panellist Liam here said it was driving him crazy that English people would come up to him and insist on correcting him. I just can't stand the constant corrections. So I've been thinking a lot about how now I finally get made the decision that I'm going to support becoming a republic because, like, you know, if we're going to have to have these ties with Britain and it's going to include us calling soccer football, then that's too much of a burden for me to carry because it's soccer, 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 soccer. Yeah, he said it was almost driving him to become a Republican. Andrew wrote in, Wallace, it's not the football SC, is it? It's not Arsenal SC, no, it's FC because it's football. End of story. Well, with us is Rory O'Sullivan. Rory's a linguist, graduated from Oxford, and this is a topic that's quite close to his heart. Rory, kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace. It's great to have you here also, Rory, and it sparked a great debate last week. You heard it. Tell us about more about this topic. Yeah, well, Wallace, to, to be honest, at the, the, the heart of this um, is the fact that um, people really need to get over themselves, <laughs> quite frankly, coming from a place of kindness um, and my linguistic expertise. Um, so I'll, if, you, if your listeners don't know, I'll, I'll give you the very quick background on why this debate um, is so fiercely um, discussed um, on social media, on our radio shows all over the world. So the word soccer itself is English. It's an English term. Yeah. Um, and linguistically, linguistically speaking, um, it's what's known as, um, as a hypochorism or a diminutive um, of the, the phrase association football. 
Okay, so association, you don't hear the word sock in there, but it came from how it's written, the SOC um, in association football. And the reason association football was called that was because, um, as we are in our rugby-loving uh, nation, football and rugby effectively used to be the same sport, and they, they, they split into two um, around the um, 1820s to 1840s mark before they kind of became formal codes of sport. Um, and uh, soccer was used as the term to describe association football versus rugby football. So you had rugby football on the one hand, association football on the other. Um, and some um, some geniuses at my alma mater at Oxford decided that um, uh, the association football should be um, affectionately named soccer. Um, and that's what stuck um, a few years later when um, um, soccer, football, which everyone to call the ramble at the moment, brought, was brought over to the U.S., they, of course, had their own version of a, of, um, of a football code, um, which originally was called um, gridiron football, as we know as NFL, um, American football. Um, and so the Americans weren't up for um, uh, having any quibbles around that, and so, they, so soccer just stuck. It didn't stick in the UK. It didn't stick in Europe, where it's, there are various forms of the word football, um, whether it's football over you or foot in French. Mm. Um, and so it's down to, it's, um, the crux of this debate, Wallace, is it's down to um, linguistic um, territory marking, frankly. This is amazing. Um, this is really amazing, Roy. I had no idea uh, about any of this. I find it quite extraordinary, actually. Um, Jeannie Giblin, what about you? Well, I didn't know any of the history either. It is interesting. But one of the things I was going to ask Rory is that, is it also an age thing, Rory? Because when I was growing up, um, you know, we talked when we talked about football, we called it soccer. But when I think about my nephews, if I talk to them about soccer, they sort of not really, they don't really follow what, what I'm talking about. So they, they definitely use the term football. So is, is there an age thing in that as well? I think there could be potentially, actually, yeah, that's really interesting that there might be a generational aspect to this that I hadn't really thought of. Um, and I, I would say that the, the reason for that would be um, that um, uh, because we uh, have rugby so ingrained um, in, our, in our culture here, we have been saying soccer previously. There hasn't been a need to distinguish between the two as much by using the word soccer. Um, but as um, um, the, the dominance of the South American leagues, the European leagues, um, continues. Um, football is the is, is, is the lingua franca of football. Um, that's what's used the most. It just so happens that um, because it's grown so, it's absolutely taken off in the states over the last thirty years. The soccer does have some international currency, um, but that's a really interesting question. And um, I wonder if because of the um, the way more Kiwi kids are playing um, the right. round version, um, that, I, that I'd say that's a very good bet. Um, Andrew. Europe, yeah. Yes, well, listen, you can use the term soccer or football. If you want to use soccer, you're most welcome to. I mean, I'll, I'll look down on you and think you're inferior and uneducated, but that's, it's your choice to, to be that person. Basically, everyone in the world except for America calls it soccer. I was told that a very similar story to what you were told there, except one, one of the old boys went, it's a game of rugger. And the other one said, oh, it's a soccer, is by, by how, it, how it came about, whether that's uh, um, urban myth or not. But it was the sort of the association version of rugger calling it a soccer, and that's how it came about. But I, again, I don't know if that's true or not. No, but it, it is. It is yep. true. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. I mean, soccer. It has to be soccer in the states because of the confusion with American football, 
everyone, just about every other territory in the world uh, calls it football now. It, it, I mean, I've got the Socceroos because that fits. But, yeah, I mean, it's an abbreviation. You're right, it does come from England, but everywhere else. It's Federation Internationale de Football Association, right. not... Not uh, so was it Australian News, Gridiron Soccer League Union AFL. Paul says also the international organisation is called FIFA, not the RFU. Um, uh, but uh, look, if I went to Rory, if I went to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to see Spurs You'd be going Arsenal, to see the greatest team in the world if you went there, Wallace, just by the way. Okay, just thank, interrupting you for a second. Thanks, You'd be Andrew. going to be the greatest football team in the history Would of the yeah, sorry. Carol. So if I went to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium to see Spurs Arsenal and I said in a loud voice, this is the best game of soccer I've ever seen, what reaction I would I get? Uh, I think you'd get a reaction that would be the only time Arsenal and Spurs fans have ever agreed on something and got together and thrown him out the stadium, Wallace. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think you're because, probably right. Uh, they don't agree on much, but they'll agree on the fact that it's football, not soccer, that's for sure. <laughs> and it's then, fantastic. Is, there's no right or wrong about it. If you, You've grown up knowing the word soccer. and In England, it's always been football. Um, the, the, the soccer never really stuck. It only stuck in America. Um, and you're absolutely right about FIFA. It's not F-I-S-A. It's, and it's obviously French, the um, International Federation of Association Football. And it, the, the word association is still there, interestingly, in, that, in, 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 the word, in FIFA. Yeah, the FA, the, the Football Association. Uh, there are diff- different FAs around the world. The you know it used to be the NZFA. It's not NZFA football now, but it used to be NZFA. Okay. It's the Association of Football, like there's rugby football, rugby league football. What's in the term? Hey, wonderful, Rory. Um, thank you, for, thank you very much for your explainer. I really uh, that's the first time I had ever heard about that. So I appreciate uh, you coming on and explaining it. Kia ora, Wallace. Kia All right, that is Rory O'Sullivan, the linguist uh, who graduated from Oxford, explaining to us the difference, or not difference, actually, between uh, soccer and rugby. What listeners should realise yeah. is the professionalism of Wallace Chapman just then, because I spilt a glass of water all over the desk, all over electrical equipment, while that article was going on. And you were just seamless, Wallace. You were seamless, mate. Thank you. Piece of genius. Did they even know? They didn't know, no. until I just blew it for you just then. But <laughs> And it was a full, a full glass, glass of water. I put it down... All- over the desk. It's, oh, we're soaking here. I apologise, Wallace, but you were an absolute professional. Just Thank saying. you very much. Now, uh, look, uh, another sports-related news. Um, the All Blacks World Cup squad name will be at 5 p.m., so um, stick around and you'll hear that uh, on RNZ. All right, it is... Uh, Coming up to five to four, it is time for I've Been Thinking. Ginny Gilman, what's your IBT this afternoon? Well, I've been thinking about the New Zealand Liberation Museum, which is about to open in Le Quinois in France um, on the 11th of October this year. And I don't know if you know much about it or not, Wallace, but it's a great little uh, project. It's a museum there that um, the New Zealand um, Memorial Museum Trust has purchased. And it's in the little town of Le Canois, which is a fortified town in northern France that the World War I soldiers liberated uh, towards the end of World War I. And the great little story about it is that they liberated this town. 193 New Zealanders were killed, but not one French civilian was killed. And they did it in such a way of climbing over over the walls and um, sending smoke bombs over and um, not sort of going in with a whole lot of gunfire. Anyway, over 100 years on... It's going to be an opportunity for the New Zealand New Zealanders to tell their story on the Western Front, and we currently don't do that. Um, and it's being it's a project that's being um, fitted out by Sir Richard Taylor um, and the, his wonderful, extraordinary team at Weta Workshop. It's a great little project. So anyone heading over to the Rugby World Cup or heading to Europe um, from the 11th of October 
onwards, um, please go and visit. Uh, it, it is fantastic. And we are still looking for money. So it's a project that's yeah. been funded completely by New Zealanders, no, no central government funding, and it's a, it's a great little project. It's quite an extraordinary story, isn't it, the uh, Le Quinoa uh, and the New Zealand uh, connection to it. So um, I'd love to actually visit that one day myself and have a look. Yeah. So that is opening uh, the New Zealand Liberation Museum, opening Le Quinoa very uh, shortly. Thank you for that. By the way, a lot of response regarding dental care and whether or not um, Chris Luxon playing hallway cricket in Parliament was appropriate. So more on that. But uh, let's go over to Andrew Clay and his I've been thinking. Well, first of all, Sorry, turn, turn me on. Yeah. Come on, Wallace. I know. Look, I know there's professional jealousy here, mate. But at least turn me on. Come on, mate. <laughs> First of all, that sounds fascinating. I'm a real history buff. I I I study World War One in particular, and so I'll be very keen on seeing that uh, what you just talked about there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been football. It's been football. Uh, soccer football here, Wallace. I've loved it. Um, I was at the Norway football, football coach. Football coach. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, honoured enough that to you know, four of the players. Uh, that have been fairly heavily involved in the football ferns. I, I, I coached a fair amount through their youth, and a lot of them I've coached against and know, know most of them. So it was particularly heartwarming at wow. the uh, Norway game, really. It was a fantastic. Well, it has been one of the best football occasions I've been at. It was truly magical. They did blow it, unfortunately. You can, you can cut it in where you want. They should have beaten the Philippines, or at least not lost them. They would have gone through. But that's, you know, so a win and a loss for the, in New Zealand football's terms. But the big winners, after a, you know, a bit of a nervy start, the attendance is turning up now, 42,000, 43,000 for games not involving New Zealand. And I know they had to give away a few tickets early on. I mean, you know, a Zambia, Costa Rica and a dead rubber, and, you know, when they, when they can't get through is, is a hard sell. But still 8,000 turned up to that. Even if they gave away a few thousand, it's still great numbers. Yeah. But 40,000. I went to Italy, Argentina, 32,000 people on a Monday night. Uh, and New Zealanders, uh, you know, we're very slow. FIFA were worried, but we're slow to buy tickets. But we got in there, and, and it's uh, it's looking fantastic for us as a country. And getting in there in droves. Getting in the droves, enjoying yeah. it. It's been great football. It's been great drama, as we saw last night with yeah. Sweden beating the USA on well, there. One of that, while you're here, while we're talking about it, just um, millimetres in. Is millimeters. that fair? Is that actually 100% fair? 100% fair. 100% really? Fair, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's black and white. The ball went in the goal. Yeah. It's 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 like our offside that was uh, against. Uh, you but know. the ball was stopped. Isn't that the isn't it the goal? Isn't no, it the no, aim? no, no. I can show you some footage of a guy saving a penalty in a shootout, walking away, think cheering the keeper. The ball keeps on. No one's touched it. The ball keeps on spinning and goes into the goal, and the referee gave it. There you go. And if it okay. was open play, not a penalty shootout, someone could have toe poked it in anyway. But yeah, so I've, lo- I've, loved, right. I've loved how we embraced it. And of course, we, football is a sleeping giant Very as a good. sport in this country. Thank you, Andrew Clay, Jenny Giblin. Uh, someone says uh, it is just people having fun, uh, hallway cricket. Another one says, how would Chris Luxon feel if one of his tenants played cricket inside one of his rental properties? Lot to discuss this afternoon on the panel Monday. Looking forward to your company.